just don't understand. So, if hold on, what was the question again? <laughs> I got water on the boil. Okay. (laughs) Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Volleyball Insiders Podcast. I'm your host, Nick St. Thomas, joined today by my amazing co-host and European traveler, Ori Pablos. Ori, how you been? How was your trip? What can you tell the listeners about your trip? It was a great trip. I uh, traveled in Spain for a couple of weeks, the northern part. Uh, you know, mingling with the culture, seeing like like a native, and uh, really enjoying life in the other side of the pond. Well, it's awesome to have you back. And as everybody can see, we are also joined today by our great friend of the show, Corey Zarubi from Wildfire Volleyball and CJV, uh, which means today we are going to get into Corey's top five list of the week. Um, Corey, really quick, how, how was your weekend and what can you tell us briefly about how you're feeling about your list for this week? Um, the weekend was great. We had uh, 14 and unders tryouts over at CJV. Huge turnout for that, which was exciting, especially at the younger age groups. And as far as the top five this week, I'm feeling much more prepared than last week. We're only going to do one top what five today. Top, what's the top five? Yeah, so Ori. Yeah, so we'll we'll get into what what his list is this week, Ori. But last week, just just to recap for anyone who didn't catch it, um, we basically asked Ori to come up, or sorry, Corey to come up with his top five worst warm up songs list uh, for high school pre match warm up, Um, and he struggled. He couldn't do it. Uh, So we segued a couple times. And we basically ended up on creating a top five list for what must be included in your pre-match warm-up. So if you haven't caught that yet, get on Spotify and listen to last week's uh, top five list. So Corey, what what are we looking at today for your top five list? What what are we what are we going over here today? Uh, today we are looking at the top five things everybody in the club volleyball world needs to just calm down about. Yeah, I would say the the, the the top five things that the top five things that start being discussed, and my first response, whether it's a player, a parent, or a club director or coach, is take it easy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think that that's something that we're super excited to hear. So, do you want to go ahead and get into it with number five? Do you have any? Do you have any? uh, You know, like. Yeah. anything that didn't quite make the list that you know honorable mentions type deal or is it just just the five things you got um i'm not going to go outside of the top five because i found that with each one after that it's kind of uh to each their own and i want to be a little respectful of uh people's emotions all right, so we're going to go ahead. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna... here to build or create any insecurities amongst the volleyball crowd out there. But the five that I got, um, there's no compromising this. All right, let's go. Let's get into it. All right. All right, so with that, we'll go ahead. Corey, let's get into your top five list of, for, this, for this week. All right. The first thing 
that people need to relax and take it easy about is for the players, and that is playing time. The kids and the parents both. And here's where I'm going with this. At the end of the day, everybody's spending all this money and time in the gym to be trained by hopefully an amazing coaching staff. And the only reward that they value that we're able to give to them is playing time in their eyes. And at the end of the day, all these teams to function well, to have great training sessions, to be a good team, um, you can't just have six players. So, you know, I think that there is such a huge focus on the 15% of the time that we're at an event competing in a match, and there's not enough focus on the other 85% of the time that we're in the gym training to become a better athlete and a better volleyball player. So the first thing everyone needs to take it easy about is playing time. Um, because you're getting so much more than that if you're taking advantage of your training. What I think about that is that um, it's, of course, a, a huge problem and that uh, people should take it easy with. Um, to me, I've always explained it in a way that practice, I, I always look at volleyball players as performers. We're there to entertain. And I look at practice and playing like, like like a play where you're practicing before opening night and your tournaments are opening night. And to me, playing time comes according to your ability to perform well at practice. Now, you may mess it up in games, but practices are going to determine playing time. And... I do think that people, rather than asking why am I not getting playing time, should be asking what do I need to do to get more playing time and even understand that in a whole season, you may never get there, but that doesn't mean that you won't eventually get there. That's the thing. You could work really, really hard every day. And if the only reward and the only way you're going to define your, your output is if you're rewarded with playing time, then, like you said, you're missing the. Well, you're missing you're missing the the whole idea of what playing in a team is. Playing in a team is not necessarily your playing time, but what you contribute to your team at practice. How do you make everybody else better? How do you push your teammates? By the way, we hear it all the time, where a parent comes and says. You know, I want my kid to play on this team because I know she's going to be pushed by other players. Well, at that point, that kid is probably not going to be getting a lot of playing time because she needs to be pushed by other players rather than push those players. So that also comes down to thinking about that when you're trying out for teams, making sure that the people that are putting your team out are your level so that way you're getting playing time. Wanting to play in a better team, just to say you play on a better team, can be a formula for not getting a lot of playing time. So that's where I'm at with that. Corey, I think it's a really good start. I actually thought I actually thought maybe playing time would be higher up on your list as one of those things that you know I, I think we all hear about being a big thing that happens throughout the club season that parents and, and players complain about, and, and you want to tell them to pump the brakes a little bit more on that. 
So I think um, my list isn't necessarily in a like uh, prioritized order as far as like worst to best or vice versa. It's more of a I've got one that I think is my top or okay. top one or two for players and app and parents, one for directors, so on and so forth. Okay, great. So that let's, one uh, be, let's get that one's get that one the next one. Yeah. Biggest issue. That one would be biggest issue for athletes and parents. Uh, my next one is for parents only. Maybe a little bit of coaches also. Um, everyone needs to take it easy with thinking that they are an official for a volleyball match. Um, and this is from everything with, I mean, seeing these parents get all amped up on the sidelines about an in-out call or whatever else it may be. Um, it, I mean, you're missing out on just a good experience watching your kid and their team out there doing their thing. But even more so than that, um, how coaches haven't learned that sticking two fingers in the air and screaming double over and over again is going to get them absolutely nowhere. By the way, I think it's a call that needs to go away anyways and just let's judgment out of it. But um, yeah, as far as officiating goes, I think uh, parents and coaches need to stop thinking that they're officials and just worry about making sure their kids are doing what they need to on their 30 by 30. Ori, do you have anything to add to, to Corey's uh, second t topic there on parents, you know, maybe being a little bit too harsh on officials? I, uh, I, I think that the reaction at the moment is normal. I mean, you see it even at every level. You'll see it in stadiums full of people watching a football game or something like that. The reaction at that moment. My issue is the anger that persists and the screaming at a person doing lines or, you know, screaming at a, at a at an official that gives you an explanation that you may not agree with, but you're not going to get anywhere with a judgment call. And uh, it, it creates um, it creates a, a bad environment for the, for the team and the athletes. And by the way, it's, it's interesting because it's almost a culture. You, you could tell what club is playing in what court, by just looking at the parents' reactions to the referees and the calls on the court. Yeah, I think the one thing that, that I would add maybe on uh, event operation side is like it gets harder and harder to find officials these days because, you know, a lot of them don't want to be in those situations or, you know, anymore with having to deal with those reactions that are emotional from parents or coaches. So I think it's, it's an issue that we have on the event side too, you know, trying to make sure we have enough officials for events. Um, and I think it discourages, you know, maybe younger uh, people from pursuing uh, officiating as well because they see how more and more parents and coaches react uh, on those things. Corey, right, what's the next one? Wait, all right. Next, before we move, before we move sure, on, sure, sure. I can also tell you that officials also sometimes need to be do a better job of recognizing that they're human and they may back off. Sure. And it's okay for an official to say that was a bad call. Let's do that over or whatever it is. But they never ever want to go there. So this is two sided sometimes. Yeah, I agree, Corey. Corey, what's the next thing you want to get into here on your list? All right, next one is for everybody. Um, I think everybody needs to take it easy with um, winning. 
um, which by the way, I love winning as much as any other very competitive person. I'm extremely competitive, but I think what people miss in the world we're in, as far as club volleyball goes, is how easy it is to win. I mean, um, winning and competing can be two very different things. And, you know, for example, let's take my 16s team, uh, my wildfire 16s team from last year. Um, we could have done a ton of winning all year. We could have gone undefeated if we wanted to. And as club directors, we have the ability to put the teams in a position to do a ton of winning. That doesn't mean we're putting in a putting them in a position to number one, compete, and number two, get better and be pushed at a higher level. So, um, you know, I think there's so much emphasis on winning and people just don't understand how easy that is. It's a situational thing. So I think the focus needs to, we need to take it easy on the, the winning focus and focus more on the competing at the highest level possible for that respective team. Um, so yeah, everyone needs to take it easy with winning. Ori, what's been your experience in terms of, you know, maybe people taking winning too seriously or, you know, just maybe, you know, what's been in your experience, you know, as you've transitioned to have your teams play at a, at a higher level in some tournaments, maybe expecting them like and teaching them that they may not win those tournaments, but the overall experience playing at the highest level is what's best for them. Well, um, I, I use terms in, in with my teams. And the terms are, we train to win and we play to win, right? That doesn't mean that that's going to be the outcome. At the end of the day, you have to play at that level if you want to win matches. I think, you know, 15 and, 15 and up and over, it has a lot to do with systems and, and matchups and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, is a team going to be able to, you know, um, put together the systems that the coach is telling them? Um, so if you play to win, I think you have a good possibility of winning at the highest level. You also have a high possibility of losing at the highest level. These teams are good. You know, parents um, and, and some coaches never, never look at the talent on the other team. You know, sometimes the other team is better. Sometimes there is a kid on the other team that had a great day or – you're not able to put down a ball on them or, or whatever. So, you know, winning for me is a preference, but it's not an obsession. And, and I just keep it at that. What I don't want to see happen is winning coming at the expense of moving forward as a team and as an athlete. And, you know, one thing I don't like, the position I like my team to be in is one where in order to get a winning result, they have to at least be meeting expectations or pushing themselves at the minimum. Um, I don't like being in situations where systematically or, or technically we're taking a step backwards and the result is a win. That, that, that is, it's just, that is not a growing a growing situation to be in for me. It's not a forward moving situation. So I want to make sure that the athletes are always pushed um, to be, you know, bringing their best if they're going to get that kind of result. 
to, to that point, you know, talking about winning guys, one of the things that I wanted to, to maybe segue to briefly and Corey, I don't know if this is a topic that's on your list at all, but you know, we see a lot of clubs who, you know, focus on winning, uh, especially with all these, you know, we just had all the, the qualifiers for USA volleyball open up last week for registration. Um, you know, and you see the teams that, you know, that, you know, probably have some elite athletes from your area. Uh, and, you know, you see them playing down even one or even two divisions below because they're so worried about qualifying or, or, you know, I'll use the term bid chasing, if you will, is, is a term that, you know, you hear in the club world. That's going to be, well, I guess we can make that the next one on the list and I'll save it the last for number one. But yeah, bid chasing is ridiculous. Okay. It goes back to the same concept, like we were just talking about winning. Um, you know, I know at Wildfire and <clears throat> like as a recruiting coordinator, the the goal for us and, and for me when it comes to choosing events is number one, being somewhere that we can get the best absolute competition. Um, like we want to go there, and like Ori said, we have all these these practices and these learning of our lines before the show. Well, I want to go somewhere where the pressure is on to perform at the highest level against the best that's out there. Um, so I think that regardless of whether it's called a qualifier or not, like number one has to be level of competition. And number two has to be exposure to college coaches and the recruiting side of it. So, you know, our schedule is put together so that number one, we're competing at the highest level. And number two, we're giving recruiting opportunities to our athletes. Um, to play down um, in division to chase a bid, I don't really understand that because, you know, I've been on – I've been on the on that side of it where you you spend all this time traveling to these events and you spend the first two days getting away with maybe not playing very good volleyball and coming away with wins and then you're not pushed until the last day um, and you know I just I don't think that's a healthy environment I would rather see our teams going and improving starting on day one and and being pushed to to showcase their skills um and i don't really care what kind of an event it is whether it's a qualifier whether it's a local event whether it's a jva world challenge look, look at jva world challenge look at triple crown um look at all these events that are not qualifiers and there aren't bids available and you're talking about the best teams in the nation going to these events without a bid being awarded. And you're talking about um, a huge, huge amount of college coaches being there to recruit at those events. When you talk about AAU Nationals, probably the best event, junior event in, in the world when it comes to volleyball and when it comes to recruiting. And you don't need to get a bid to play in their open division. I mean, you play where where you belong and at the end of the day by the way we get plenty of teams that that could get a bid or you know we could go to the regional tournament in 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 the Florida region and have a bunch of our teams qualify that's that's not even an 
the point the, the point is that when that becomes what makes you or break you as as a club or as a club that you're going to pick to play for you got to compare apples and apples and at the end of the day a national team that's getting a bit in american um you know can't probably compare to a national team that's getting a bit in open now if if you get a bit in open to me that's impressive even in usa uh is is impressive but it's also impressive if you get one in american as long as you're playing and your team is an american team it's not impressive to me if you're an open team playing american and getting an american bit it's, it's just ridiculous so yeah to to us getting a bit and and um is is not what we're about we we have to be about when the kids are national level kids and want to play at the next level, our job is to get them there. And chasing bits and sandbagging is not it's not productive for these kids. Can I can I ask really quick then, you know, when it comes to, you know, those conversations that either of you have with, you know, with parents, you know, maybe it's a new kid that's just starting out at your club and maybe they're coming from somewhere else and like maybe at that somewhere else club, the, the priority was getting a bid and going to nationals. You know, how, how do you guys handle the parent expectations who maybe, you know, they have the expectations of getting a bid or they have the desire of getting a bid. How do you guys, you know, maybe manage that in conversation? Yeah. So what do you say to a parent, right? Of a kid that is, I mean, we see it over and over again. I mean, I'm not talking about just wildfire. I'm talking about, you know, you see it in tribe, you see it in, in clubs like, you know, we've seen it in the past in clubs like Boomers and clubs in Miami that have really, really good teams that compete in the open division. And these kids are have athletes that will be division one athletes. And they don't get an open bid. And the parents get upset and a lot of times leave the club because the team didn't get a bid. That to me is insane because the key is they are competing with the best of the best. And in an open division, I think it's only two bits that go out and that's it. So your chances of getting a bit, because here's the other part, not too many teams I know for the open divisions, the teams that do are teams that are going to be competitive. So the question has to be, at what level are you going to be competing rather than are we going to get a bid? By the way, a lot of that has to do with the directors and coaches of clubs that may get in a bid the priority because when that fails, then you wrote a prescription for antibiotics when you don't have any bacteria. Corey, what are your kind of last thoughts on, uh, on bid chasing, if you will? Yeah, same. It goes, it's almost like hand in hand with winning. Um, I think winning is awesome. I think like Ori said, earning a bid at your respective level is a great accomplishment. But chasing a bid and winning should never be at the expense of competing at the highest level possible for your team or recruiting opportunities. Those those have got to come first. Um, and that's that's what I'm talking to my parents about 
every year through tryouts. Um, have the conversation. I just had a conversation with a parent that was, we we were a team is scheduled to go to Triple Crown, JVA World Challenge, and two qualifiers, um, Atlanta and MEQ. And they were upset that one of that it wasn't more qualifiers. Well, they know we're only going to four national level events and you know it's just explaining and educating to them like no listen we're going to jva world challenge triple crown playing at the open division i will take that seven days a week 365 days a year over any of these qualifiers because of the level of competition and the recruiting opportunity so it's just it's educating it's it's helping them understand that, and it's on us as coaches and directors to make sure they get that. So, so Corey, we've touched on, you know, we've touched on playing time. We've touched on, you know, how how we react emotionally to to officials. We've talked about, you know, taking it easy when it comes to to winning and bid chasing. What's kind of the last thing you have on your list here that you know maybe we're taking a little bit too seriously in the uh, club volleyball world? What we are taking too seriously is clubs recruiting each other's athletes. Because here's the deal. We have a tryout in August. And hopefully that athlete chooses us or whatever your respective club is. And they sign a contract and they have a financial obligation. And that's for one season and as a coach and as a club director and as an organization this customer has agreed to train with you for one season and it's on you as an organization to make sure that at the end of that season you have a return customer next year but you know that of course we can go on and on about this all day and there's a lot that goes into it but, um, you know, Ori and I used to talk all the time just about if we want to make our kids an athlete that any other club in the world would want. And I hope that every other club in the world is begging our kids to come there. But it's on us to provide an experience that either A, they never want to leave, or B, if they do leave, they quickly realize what a great experience they were having with our organization. And at the end of the day, that's the only thing that we can control. Um, last year, we threw around the idea with our coaches um, of giving a bonus, an incentive, an incentive or a bonus for if you could have 90% retention of your team. And I had some coaches ask me some things like, well, no, what if they, what if a kid leaves next year just because they don't like volleyball anymore? And I was like, well, then you didn't retain that kid. Do something different to, to maybe make them love volleyball. Maybe you can influence that. Maybe you can't. Um, well, what if they're all about winning and we don't win enough? Well, 
do your best trying to win. Like there, there's so much you can do. At the end of the day, our job is to make sure kids are loving what they're doing and getting what they feel they're looking for out of us. And if we're a great fit for them, then they're not going anywhere. But if they do, everyone's got to take it easy. Like, I'll tell you at Wildfire, at least, and at CJV and the places I've been, um, I've been places where the training is incredible. Um, the focus and the philosophies are second to none, and the coaching staff is fantastic. So every time one kid leaves, we have five other ones walking through the door. And it doesn't mean I won't miss that one kid, but, you know, everyone's got to relax with that and, and get, busy, get busy training the kids that are staying or coming. One of the best lines used by uh, club directors and coaches uh, that baffles me is talking about another club stole my kid. I, I, I'm besides myself when I hear that because, number one, they're not your kid. And then they talk about how ungrateful this athlete is because of everything you did for them. Well, that is your job. Your only job is to give yourself as a coach and make this athlete better. And if at the end of the year, because there's a lot of reasons why I think athletes leave clubs. They don't like the coach. Uh, they don't like the other girls on the team. Uh, their friends are leaving to another club. Um, whatever. But they didn't get enough playing time, like Corey said. Uh, we didn't get a bid. It, it, it's endless. So the idea has to be be appreciative of the athletes that you have in your club today and make sure you're giving them what they deserve rather than to be thinking about that you own them and they owe you something. Athletes and parents don't owe us anything. They, we should be honored that they're allowing us to train them and that they have picked us for this one year to do the right thing by them. And that's where I'm at. There's um, coaches and directors. Like this has happened a lot recently where coaches will be complaining and directors will be complaining because with the recruiting thing, with the recruiting and, and stealing athletes, there are some ethics that are involved in here. And, and I do not always agree with the tactics and the ethics that are used by some people in the industry. Um, I don't agree with it. But if it's not a good environment, um, if there's something unethical going on or there's bad practices happening, and like I was saying recently, don't talk to me about the director that's doing it or the coach that's doing it at the end of the day, you know, I've, I've got two girls, I've got a, a two little ones and hopefully they're going to be involved in sports someday. I, I'm a parent. I have a, a pretty good sense of what's going on in, in my house and my family's life. Like at the end of the day, that's on me and that's my decision. So complaining about the director, complaining about whatever they're doing, that's, that's out of your hands. And, and to me, 
the parent and the athlete are the ones making that decision. So I, I just, I think it's a waste of time. Um, I can tell you there's some things that have happened where I don't agree with it, but I wouldn't have my daughter training there because of those things. So like to complain about it and it's, it's just a mess. But there, to me, like Ori said, there's no such thing as stealing anybody's kids. We are very grateful and privileged to get to train these kids for a season. And uh, hopefully we do a, a good enough job and, and they enjoy the training enough that, that they're back next year. Yeah, I think it's, it's both. It's interesting that you both you know, are challenging clubs to almost look inward in those moments as opposed to maybe taking the easy route and, and point fingers and blame because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, this is a customer service industry. And at the end of the day, you know, your, your product needs to be the best that it can be. And for some people, it's going to be great. And for some others, maybe it's just not the right fit. And, you know, I think the three of us would agree on, you know, sometimes there's addition by subtraction too, when it comes to kids leaving clubs, you know, maybe yeah. you're better off without the headaches of, of some of those things that, you know, maybe your ideals and, and the things that you want for your teams don't align with what the parents and, and players might want for, of a certain family. So um, I, I appreciate that insight from both of you guys. Uh, Corey, can we get a quick recap of your entire list uh, for everyone as we kind of close out here today? Yeah. Well, he's got one more, doesn't he? Um, no, that was all five, right? No. So, as far as uh, my recap goes, I'm going to say for all the parents, for all the players, for well, all the through, coaches. Go through, go through the list. So just, you know, to remind everybody what we talked about. I got you. Okay. For everybody out there, when it comes to playing time, when it comes to officiating and calls, when it comes to clubs recruiting players when it comes to winning and when it comes to qualifying and chasing a bid you all need to take it easy <laughs> it's a good closing it's a perfect closing perfect sit closing. back awesome sit back relax and watch your kid grow through sport and uh we got you well, awesome. Uh, Corey, I can't thank you enough for coming up with this list. Uh, and Ori as well. Thank you guys both for being on with us. Um, follow us on social media, everyone. Check out our YouTube channel. Follow us on our website. Uh, every week we do this with Corey. And Corey, looking forward to what you got for us next week. Peace out.